Thanks for joining us. You're about to listen to another Sunday worship service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Good morning. Welcome to Clarkston United Methodist Church. I'm Megan Walther, one of the clergy leaders. Thanks for joining us today. I'm coming uh, to you from our fellowship hall in the church. So you'll see behind me, um, maybe a little bit blurry for you, but it's boxes and donations, things that we've collected for our food pantry. Thank you for your continued support of that. Uh, you can find needed items every single week in our e-news. So if you haven't signed up for our e-news, why don't you take a moment and just do that right now? You can do it by going to our website, clarkstonumc.org. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page where it says sign up for emails. And you just click a box, enter your email address, and you can sign up for our weekly e-news. It comes out every Friday. Uh, if you want to, you can also sign up for our weekly prayer concern email that lists things to be in prayer for from the congregation. When you get your e-news, you'll find out a lot, a lot of opportunities in the life of our church, including a chance to register for our book study that's coming up on Monday, November 16th from 6 to 7 p.m. It's a book study on racism and racial justice. It's called Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation by Latasha Morrison. And you can go ahead and buy your copy of the book wherever books are sold. Check out your local bookshop. Um, or you can borrow it from the library, whatever you'd like to do. But get your book, start reading, join us on the 16th. And we're going to discuss the entire book on the 16th, just like you were part of a library book club or something like that. So if you don't get through the whole book, that's all right. Join us anyway. Jennifer Montgomery and I are helping to lead this study. So please register, please read the book, let's learn together about how we can be allies and what it means to be Christians pursuing racial justice in the United States today. Another opportunity for you, if you are over the age of 50 and you have experienced emotions during the pandemic, things like anxiety or sadness or anger, well, we have an opportunity for you. The 50 and Over group is hosting an event virtually uh, with an expert in the field who is going to talk through, okay, what do you do with some of these emotions? How do you address them in a healthy way? Um, that event is on Friday, November 20th from 1 to 2 p.m. And Larry Hahn is the contact person. You'll find his email address in our weekly e-news if you're interested in connecting with that event. We also want to remind you Veterans Day is Wednesday, November 11th. And we can't see one another in our current worship format. Normally, if we were face-to-face -face on a Sunday morning, we'd invite our veterans to stand. And you all know that's a powerful moment when we get to look around and see those faces in our midst. We can't do that today. But you know what? We give thanks for our veterans. We give thanks for each of you who's watching, who is a veteran, who's sacrificed and offered a portion of your life to that kind of service. So... If you're not a veteran, please make sure that you do thank a veteran on Wednesday and uh, keep those folks in your prayers. We're grateful to you, veterans, for your service. It's time now to focus on our theme for worship and to really wrap our heads around where we're going, where God is taking us today. So I'm going to turn things over to Pastor Rick, who is going to set the tone and lay a foundation, help us focus on God this morning. Hey, thanks, Megan. And good morning, church. Welcome to worship. Today, as we are continuing our series, taking a look at parables of Jesus, these are the stories that he told to the disciples then and to us who are disciples of his today, so that we might begin to see the world not in our old pattern, but rather in the way in which God sees it, in the way in which Jesus came to invite us to live into it. And these Parables are invitations for us to stop and take a look, take a deeper look, reflect. Can you see it? Can you see what God is doing in this moment? Today, we are in a parable where we are hearing Jesus make a quick reference to an everyday event. It is the shortest parable 
that Jesus ever told. But in it, I think we get to hear what God always intended for us to understand about the impact we make in the world with whatever we do in trusting and believing in God. It is my hope and prayer that by the end of this worship service, we are all convicted even more to know that the kingdom of God is alive and that we get to be a part of it right here, right now. So may God bless us in this worship. And wherever you are, may the Holy Spirit be with you and bless us all to God's glory. Let's continue to celebrate. Please join us in the call to worship this morning. The text will be on the screen and we invite you to follow along. When you see the words in bold type, please say them out loud with us. Let us share in the call to worship together. Spiritual symbols come to us in many forms. Bread is such a common item that we take it for granted. But scripture is filled with imagery focused on this basic food. In scripture, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. We pray, give us this day our daily bread. At a meal with his disciples, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it. He gave it to his friends and said, This bread is my body. Jesus said, Eat this bread to remember me. Bread is a symbol of the Israelites' deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And breaking bread was the way two followers identified Jesus after he rose from the dead. Jesus performed miracles with bread. Let us not forget this humble symbol, one of generosity, multiplication, and sacrifice. Give, Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Amen.
great to celebrate the uh, spectacular with you by that video. It was a great day. Um, a lot of fun was had and, and a lot of candy was shared. It was great to be in connection with people in the congregation and also a large number of people from the community who joined with us. Today as we're getting ready to hear this scripture, I've already told you it's a very brief scripture. Uh, it's the shortest one that Jesus ever told and it's found in Luke 13. And Stark and Cash Whittington are getting ready to share it with us now. And in it, I want you to hear how Jesus takes an everyday, ordinary event that would have happened in every household in the lives of those who first heard this parable. And how Jesus used that everyday event to turn everything around with how people saw themselves and the possibilities for their lives in this world. So hear the scripture and be blessed. And may God's word live within us all. A reading from Luke chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. And again he said, To what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hey everybody, today I'm going to bring this message to you from the church kitchen. I'm here getting ready to bake some bread. I like to bake. The truth is I don't do much of it. There's not been a lot of time for me to do that. Maybe that'll be one of my retirement pursuits. It should go over well with the grandkids, I hope. But I have always liked to bake. There's something about just taking time to put the ingredients together. I've enjoyed that. And of course, baking bread has that benefit at the end of the time, if you're lucky, you get homemade bread. And who didn't want that? The addition of making homemade bread that I love is it makes the house smell like heaven. And the idea of cutting homemade bread, toasting it, and putting some, well, I can't go any further. I'll, I will never get to the message, but you get the idea. I like to bake, and so today as I'm gathering with you, I'm going to try to bake a little bit of bread. Now, the truth is, this is nothing fancy. This is so simple. Those of you who are bread makers out there, I apologize before I begin. I mean, all I'm doing is eat a little oil, a little sugar, a little salt, uh, some flour, and yeah, of course, yeast. Now, all I've done so far is I put some yeast and a little bit of the uh, sugar into the water and stirred it up and... Now I'm going to add the rest of uh, my sugar and my salt and my oil. And I know I needed to add just a little bit more of that salt. Okay, good. All right, so now we're going to stir all that good stuff up.
All right. Now we get to add the good stuff, which is the oil, or I'm sorry, the flour. Now, the reason I'm baking bread today, obviously, is more than the fact that I wanted to have some homemade bread. It has to do with the fact that the scripture today that was just read to you tells us that Jesus wanted to use bread as a way for us to think about the kingdom of God. And he said, the kingdom of God is like yeast. Now, let's be clear. I want to tell you everything I know about yeast right now. It's been around, well, I know that it was found 4,000 4, years ago in an archaeological dig. And I know it's made to make bread and beer and wine. That's it. That's all I got. But after I discovered that you need yeast to make bread, what else do you really need to know? The other is, of course, that Jesus uses an illustration. That you've got to have an understanding of why he would talk about yeast as a symbol of the kingdom of God gives us a message today that I think actually makes an awful lot of sense. Yeast is a living organism. It is actually something that has life. It is something that brings life. It is something that gives life. The reality is we need to have yeast to make at least the kind of bread I make. And yes, I know that's gluten-free. And all my respect to all my friends who eat gluten-free, no thank you. And I get the fact some need to, and I get that. So I'm just having fun with you. But you understand the point. Yeast makes a different kind of bread, at least. Can we agree to that? Well, as we share this conversation about bread let's first, and yeast, let's first talk about Jesus telling the story. Why is Jesus telling these stories? Well, Jesus seemed to understand the fact that stories were the way in which you helped change people's minds and make a difference in the world. In chapter 13 of Luke, he's had a really great day and a really rough day all at the same time. In chapter 13, for example, he goes into the synagogue and heals a lady. Now, if I ever had a day where I could bring about healing to someone who was ill, I would think that is a pretty amazing day. But the problem is, as soon as he does it, he begins to get those who challenge his faithfulness. They say, you can't heal the woman on this day. Can you imagine people getting upset over things because even though they're bringing about hope and life and renew, newness and health to people, that you didn't do it the right way, you didn't do it on the right day. I can only imagine what Jesus must have felt. Part of me thinks he probably wanted to reach down and pick up a hymnal and throw it at the people who were talking to him about the fact he, oh yeah, you healed her, but it was on the wrong day. Not that I've ever known those impulses. But Jesus, being Jesus, decided instead of throwing a hymnal, he'd go ahead and tell a story. And it's the story you heard. It is the shortest parable that you can find in the Bible. But I think it makes a big impact. The story is simple. A woman goes to make bread, and she takes the bread and the flour, and she adds yeast. Yeast is like the kingdom of God. <laughs> I want to suggest to you, as Jesus tells that story, he's hoping that those listening then and those listening now will begin to understand something more about this concept of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God, as simply put as I can put it, is this. It's a place where God's reign and the things that God desires to have happen actually happen. It's a place where God is able, sometimes with our efforts and even sometimes in spite of them, is able to bring about the way the world was always meant to be. He's telling this story so that we 
could begin to understand that if we're going to help be a part, co-partners in this kingdom of God, we do so by understanding that we have to first trust in the yeast. Now, yeast can teach us many things. I have a quote of a baker who when asked, what would you say about how yeast impacts your understanding of faith? What has it taught you? She said these words. Yeast has taught me to watch, to be patient, and to know the importance of timing. When to just trust and wait that the dough is rising and there's nothing left for me to do but wait for it to rise. It has helped me understand when I need to step in, when I need to be the one to take action, to knead the bread, to spend time helping to make sure that it's ready to be reshaped, to be put into a loaf or a roll or whatever you're using the dough for. And the fact that dough never reacts the same way because it's always acceptable to changes around it, things like weather, temperature of the room, etc. And so the reality is, as you spend time as a baker, you learn to trust and believe in what yeast can do, but you realize it's not fully in your control. You are a co-partner with it in the process of baking bread. So when Jesus tells us this story, about how the kingdom of God is like yeast. Maybe like my friend, this baker, it helps her gain a different perspective. A perspective of maybe we spend too much time trying to force the kingdom of God. Maybe we spend too much time being impatient, not trusting. Maybe, maybe we need to recognize that we don't have to will the kingdom of God into place, but rather live into it, trust it, believe in it. And I don't know about you, but it seems to me that there's been an awful lot lately in the world that has allowed me to begin to forget about the fact that the kingdom of God is already promised. In fact, it's already here. And maybe I need to trust and listen to the stories that help me realize that God is still fulfilling that promise. Recently, I received the news. There was a pastor on this conference in this district who was sick with COVID. And she was home. And then she was in the hospital. Now, that matters to me because she's a sister of mine in the role of doing the work of the church from the vantage point vantage point from which Megan and I sit. It also matters because we went to high school together. Betty Kay and I went to the same United Methodist Church in Montrose. And one of my fondest memories of high school was she and I and a couple others going one day to spend a day at Cedar Point. I thought it was so cool a senior girl would allow someone as geeky as me, a freshman, to go. Had a great time. Well, Betty Kay was in the hospital pretty sick with COVID. And about 10 days ago, she wrote this on her Facebook. Yesterday, after three hours on my belly and we couldn't get the stats equalized, I had to wear a full CTO, CTO, C2O mask all night. Every breath is a struggle from the far reaches of my soul. If Jesus pulls me through and I have one more sermon, it will be about showing compassion with one cup of cold water. If my room in heaven is ready, then my scripture will be, you have finished the race. You have fought the good fight. Now you can rest from your labors. My sermon choice would be to retire. Hang Christmas lights all over the basement 
and used blankets and pillows to make the best camp ever. More going for ice cream and to the beach with the grandkids. More sitting in conversation as we discuss the problems of the world. Right now, there is definitely only one set of footprints in the sand. Your prayers and Jesus are carrying me. In her hospital bed dealing with COVID, she didn't lose sight of the kingdom of God. It's real for her. It was real for her so that if she were to live, she knew how she was going to live into the kingdom. And if she were going to die, then she knew where she would be. Yesterday in my home church in Montrose, they celebrated Betty Kay's life as she had passed away. And you and I talk about how we lose sight of the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of stuff trying to take us off point, trying to get us to get confused, to be combative with each other and the world, to give up, to be hopeless, to be afraid, to be scared. <laughs> and Betty Kay's words come to me today. She was trusting in God. And she gave her faith in her life like yeast. Churches she led, she served with love and compassion. The grandchildren she loved so much were so blessed. Yeast matters. The kingdom of God is real. And like the woman in the story, and like Betty Kay, the most important question is whether or not we're willing to put our yeast into the mix. It may not seem like much. You know, yeast is not that big a deal. It isn't that much. It's this. That's all it is. But it makes all the difference. We're going to let this rise for a little while. And we'll come back to that. The whole point of these parables that Jesus gives us is invitation for us to see the world not as we see it alone, but as God sees it. For us to become reinvested, to become reminded, and to be encouraged to give what we can of who we are, of what we believe, of how we act, of what we can give, of time and resources, and yes, finances, because our gifts matter. They change everything. Those who gave Betty, Kay, and me faith in that little church in Montrose made all the difference in our lives. Betty Kay, the way in which she has lived her life, has made all the difference for so many you and I today get to choose, are we willing to trust in what Jesus said, that if we can only release, let go of, give over with joy and in faith, the yeast, our faith, and live into the kingdom of God. I've been thinking about us a lot lately, as you would well imagine. You remember back in 2014 when Flint had the water crisis? They still have it, by the way. The long-term effects. And while everyone debated what should be done, churches are the ones who went in and took water. You were part of that, do you remember? We took cases of water up to Flint. Because there were issues to be discussed, there were justice issues that had to be resolved, but at some point, people were thirsty and they just needed water. And they were scared. And they needed people to come alongside them. That's living in the kingdom of God. Bottled water by itself doesn't seem like much. Given in love, it means everything. 
That was in 2014, but I'm just drawn to think of it because it tells me everything we've done in this place is about that understanding. We live and to believe in the kingdom of God. The building that we constructed is because we believe the kingdom of God needs to expand. We need to create a safe space where people can gather together. And it was working before COVID and it will be exploding after COVID. You and I both know that's true. Even in the middle of COVID, people have come to understand this is a place that they can trust. They come to the food pantry. You've heard over and over again, but it matters. It's one of the examples of the kingdom of God alive in the world. This last Tuesday, we were a polling site for Independence Township. Now, we entered into that arrangement over a year ago. We didn't know it would be COVID-19, but we kept faith with what we said we would do. We made sure everybody was healthy. The community knew they could come here because we believe in the kingdom of God. This past year, in the middle of everything else, Midland gets flooded. Communities are washed away. And the United Methodist Church was on the ground there. Do you understand that right now we are still helping to pay for salaries of people who are there helping communities recover? and rebuild. We're doing that through our connection with the United Methodist Church, the United Methodist Committee on Relief. Remember a couple weeks ago I told you that one of our challenges, one of my hopes for this year is that we'll be able to finish the year not only with the budget in the black, with that extra $50,000 of our ministry shares with the annual conference being paid. That's not institutional loyalty, it's commitment to helping establish the kingdom of God. That extra $50,000 can make all the difference in helping to make sure we're able to reach out and support others locally in the state and beyond. In this district, uh, we've reached out. Some of you have even been to Puerto Rico on a mission trip to help restore that beautiful country and those beautiful people after the terrible destruction from the hurricane. You continue to show how you believe in the kingdom of God by the way in which you relate to the schools. We just dropped off school supplies that you collected. We are in partner relationship with, right now, the schools working to help identify the most needy families who can receive support for emergency needs, like when the furnace goes out in January and they have nowhere to turn, they're going to have a place to turn because we're going to partner with others in the school to make it happen because you gave. We believe in the kingdom of God. And so for that reason, we're going to continue to stand strong and be faithful. And yes, there'll be days where we'll be in despair. There are days where we will struggle. But the fact is we will not quit believing in the kingdom of God. We will be the yeast to make the difference. I made the plea to you two weeks ago. If we could only come up with that 50,000, we could fulfill the obligations we have to extend mission and ministry. Since that plea, we've been able to release an additional $10,000 towards that. So now the goal is down to 40 because of you, because you believe in the kingdom of God. Because of that, we can stand strong and faithful today. And whatever else may be going in around us, as we make our recipes, we believe that God can use us to make a difference. I know yeast doesn't seem like much. And of all the ingredients, as simple as they are, they don't add up to much weight. But they do make a difference. Yesterday, let me go over and get this. I stopped. Part of what I was doing went home and did some baking. I did so to make sure that this wouldn't completely blow up in my face today. And I made two batches. The first batch I made following all the ingredients and directions of this recipe, with one exception. I left out the yeast. And this is the bread that came from it. The second batch. I followed all the directions. I trusted in the promise of the yeast. And that's one of the loaves that I made. 
Which one do you want? You may think in the middle of everything, there's not a lot we can do, but what we do makes all the difference. One other thing about the parable. It says that she had three measures of flour. When I first read that, I thought it meant, well, you know, three cups of flour. I went back and did a little research based on how they talked about measurements in the time of Jesus. She was working with between 60 and 80 pounds of flour. She was going to add some yeast to 60 to 80 pounds of flour. She wasn't preparing a bread, a loaf of bread for that night's supper. She was preparing a feast to feed all. Jesus Christ is asking us to make that kind of difference in the world, and it begins by what we choose to give away. And when we give it away, things rise up. We are raised up. Our spirits are lifted. Our hopes are restored. People are raised up. When they know they're not walking alone, they have hope, and they have people who will not abandon them after the headlines go away. Rise up, church, and let the kingdom of God be the yeast that feeds you, that inspires you, that causes us to action, to give, and to live as people who are filled with unimaginable and never-ending hope. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like yeast. It is. time for us to pray together now. And as I offer the prayer for us this morning, I'd like to use words that are not my words, but in fact have been written by theologian Walter Brueggemann from his collection, Prayers for a Privileged People. The prayer I'll be reading is called Waiting for Bread and for God's Future, written upon reading the book of Micah. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? We are strange mixtures of loss and hope. As we are able, we submit our losses to you. We know about sickness and dying, about death and mortality, about failure and disappointment. And now, for a moment, we do our failing and our dying in your presence, you who attend to us in loss. As we are able, we submit our hopes to you. We know about self-focused fantasy and notions of control, but we also know that our futures are out beyond us, held in your good hand. Our hopes are filled with promises of well-being, justice, and mercy. Move us this day beyond our fears and anxieties into your land of goodness. We wait for your coming. We pray for your kingdom. In the meantime, Lord, give us bread for the day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please join with us as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Last fall, we ask you to consider how you could make an impact for the sake of Jesus Christ. We explored how ripples are made when we throw a pebble into the water. Throughout the year, we have seen a number of wonderful examples where you have made an impact. This fall, we want to continue our focus on making a difference in and around the community. Like yeast, we want to watch our generosity expand and grow. Yeast requires other ingredients to help it rise and bake. How can you share in this opportunity to measure your faith, mix it with others, and turn out a delicious recipe which can be shared with others? Watch the screen as we share a few examples of how this happened over the year. God has given us the recipe for sharing our generosity with others. Let's get our shopping list together so we can be the cooks and continue to see how many ways we can share our love, care, concern, and compassion with others. Watch it rise. It can be amazing. wonderful testament to the kind of generosity that happens here in this community. Let's keep the generosity going this morning. If you feel moved, there's a chance for you now to make a financial donation to this ministry, and it's easy to do. Go to our website. There's instructions there. Let's receive this gift of music from our choirs recorded earlier this year and offer what we have as generous people.
to hear those voices of the youth and the chancellor choir reminds us that the church is still singing. No, not together in sanctuary, I get that. But if you listen close, and I've been listening, angels are still singing. And my guess is Betty Kay could tell us today how glorious the choir is where she is. Keep singing the faith. Whether you use music or prayer or action or love or compassion, sing. For that which we give over to God is a joyous gift and gives angels even more reason to sing and us more reason to hope. I pray God's blessing upon each one of us today as we now go out to live and be the church, wherever you are, whoever you are with. May holy connection and the love of Christ be what is remembered. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, thanks be to God. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday Worship Service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. 
We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.